Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. SFL Nation, what's going on? It's your favorite GM, Nuss Lozano. How's it going? Nice to uh, be here. I had a uh, very, very interesting week. Very, very busy week preparing at work for uh, an audit. And uh, we're here now, right? I'm on. The crazy part is, one, we got this show going on, so I'm so excited about that. But I'm also super excited because I am off from now until the following Monday. So this is an exciting day. Hoorah, happy. Um, my wife's birthday is on Sunday, so it's honestly, honestly amazing to be able to relax and after the show, kick back and enjoy a long week of just being able to recoup after the holidays, recoup after, you know, just so much has happened. So it's just been a little bit crazy, but what's awesome to know is, uh, one hard work pays off. Got some good news with work, so I, I, I'm in a, a position right now where I can get to potentially get some extra income in to invest more into this show and everything else. And I got some cool ideas that I want to share future shows. But um, yeah, so it's it's awesome. It's amazing to start this week off this way. And want to kind of get into a couple things. Uh, first of all, let's kind of talk about the uh who you guys that came up and i think it's very interesting we'll have mel davis also uh jumping on shortly to discuss uh the upcoming game of portland versus louis uh st louis sorry so uh that should be interesting to talk to him we should be talking to him in a few minutes but uh before that happens i do want to talk about um the who you got and and kind of how did that end up coming to be so looking at week one Again, we have Denver at Sioux Falls. Huge where folks are thinking, hey, uh, Sioux, uh, it looks like the nation is thinking that it's going to be a uh, Denver defending or, or contenders, right, of the championship. Sioux Falls, 109 to 88 is the current one when I went ahead and took a look to see if um, what that may be. So, uh, we have Louisiana at Vancouver, so it looks like the SFL Nation is choosing more of Louisiana at 132 to 62 from Vancouver. Mexico City at Charleston, uh, they're choosing uh, Mexico City to take this game, 127 to 68. Florida at Lone Star was 73, and uh, for Florida and for Lone Star, uh, it ended up being 124. Houston at Jacksonville, uh, they got a huge lopsided game here with uh, Houston only having 30 votes with. Uh, Jacksonville having 166. Arizona at Baltimore. Uh, friends of ours at Arizona, they are at uh, 42. And they have uh, the community has tomorrow winning 100, uh, 153. Fort Worth at uh, Queen City, uh, 72 votes for Fort Worth, while Queen City gets a whopping 122 votes. Uh, St. Louis at Portland, our game, uh, They the community has uh, St. Louis winning that at 117 to 80 for us. Uh, Carolina at Las Vegas was uh, 128 uh, to 67. And in Tulsa at Atlanta, that ended up being 
a uh, 38 to 63. And uh, the last two games, London at DC has London with a huge lead at 120 versus DC 74 in San Diego at Los Angeles. We have uh, San Diego getting 45 with uh, Los Angeles getting 150. So communities are leaning in some pretty big games. You can kind of see here a close who you got um, with some of these is, is I guess you'd kind of say the, the St. Louis at Portland game. Um, but with that being said, we do have Mel Davis on the show and uh, we're going to bring him in. For him to kind of discuss this upcoming week, Mel, how are you doing? What's going on, Nelson? How are you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know what? I actually should have introduced you properly this evening. My fault trying to play catch-up after a wonderful, uh, you know, wonderful week at work today. You know, again, in true fashion, I have to greet you properly. Our director, player personnel, head coach of the uh, Portland Fleet, Mel Davis. So sorry. See, look, I'm 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 slipping. I'm already in vacation mode <laughs> with work good, and man. here. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> but, um, I wanted to bring you on because I wanted us to discuss a little bit about the upcoming games, uh, and yes, our sir. game specifically with uh, St. Louis at Portland. So, um, you know, what does the opponent again do well? Um, what is um, what are what are you hoping you know what do you want to tell your fa- the fans and everything else about the upcoming game and um yeah the floor is yours well i mean we got a big game right first game of the season everybody's excited you know a lot of time and energy and work and preparation's been put in play over the past couple you know uh weeks to months um and it, it's go time man so uh when you talk about the gladiators there's some unknowns right? Because they're not the same team they were last year. So, you know, you have to be cautious to uh, approach this game in a way where you know what's going to happen, because you don't. You know, they got a new quarterback, a rather good rookie quarterback, to be honest with you, and you can never dismiss their running game, you know, Cairo. And and, and overall, uh, the, the team itself, even though they've had some changes in some major positions, uh, the team is still there. You know, the organization is still tight, and uh, they're going to be a, a challenging opponent for us. So we've taken a lot of time to put things together. We've been working on our office of game plan because we've got some new tools in our toolbox as well. Uh, and we can't wait to get those tools out to see what kind of season we're going to build. And, uh, you know, just getting ready, man. Our defense should be is going to be stronger this year. The guys are growing. They're excited. They're getting after it in practice. So really excited, you know, being the head coach this year and having the opportunity just to kind of take a step back and look at the entire uh, system that we put in play. Uh, there's a lot, there's high expectations, and uh, we're excited about to see, you know, see what we're going to put on the field, man. So uh, much respect, you know, to uh, the Gladiators, but we are at home, and, and we're, we're going to be out there ready to play. And we talked about this last year. It's all about being competitive and putting something on the field that the fans can enjoy and that, most importantly, uh, we as, as players and coaches and GMs and front office and owners are proud of. And that's, that's really our goal, man. I think we had a great off season. You did a great job, you and Jacob and, uh, and, and Art, you know, getting together and building that defense. We did a great job in the free agency with the acquisition of, of Zeke. Uh, Zeke you'll love as a tailback. And, you know, uh, most importantly, 
You, know, you look at the dedication we have as, 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 as team and players, you know, John understanding the role that he had uh, as a halfback to make that move uh, willingly back to the fullback position you know, we can't sing his praises high enough because we feel like he is an amazing fullback. And we say that with all um, honesty because it shows. It shows in the Sims what he brings to the table. So we're excited. Uh, Art's over there working hard with the defense. He's got a really good defensive plan together. Uh, been working hard on the offense and um, looking to put some things on the table next week that are going to be exciting, man. Opening day, right? Yeah, I mean, that's when uh, everything comes together and you kind of see how it goes on the field, right? And this, you know, us discussing how we felt everything's coming together and uh, the group of uh, men that we were able to collect to uh, to represent us on the field, right? Like, uh, it's pretty amazing, to be honest with you. I, I think, um, I think, again, you know, I'm I'm seeing all the uh, all the things that people, you know, have to say about, you know, what what our what our season may be, and this is going to be the first game, and it's so exciting, and I know everybody in the locker room is is as excited as we are, um, because they're able to really uh, see everything coming together, right? And we we saw everything coming together once we added, you know, the free agents into the locker room, and then the rookies into the locker room, and then, you know, we ensure that they had, you know, such an experience even prior to them reaching the field that it's amazing to be at this point in time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome to be in this moment as a GM. And I know you as the director of player know that you see all the hard work we've done in the off season to come together and say, Hey, this is our team that we're going to grow in, you know, grow with and, and, and become better each and every time, uh, it ends up really, you know, uh, uh, Really yeah, hitting you a, a week before the game, yeah. It's a valid point because you think about the, the, the guys that went through the experience last year. All of us went through it, right? And we had some, some changes that occurred. We had some people move on, and uh, one of the gentlemen that moved on is going to be over at San Diego. We'll see him twice a year, right? And then we had two linebackers that moved on, and one guy retired. We consider him to be a legend. Another guy, we appreciate all the services he brought to the table. But to see the guys we fill those positions with is exciting. You know, the, the KTs and the Gary Clems, you know, and the, and the Benjamin Warners, Ezekiel Loves. I mean, that's just exciting, man. And don't forget Leo. People sleep on Leo, man. Let me tell you something. I watch Leo and Sims, and the, and the guy brings he brings the wood, man. He can he, He's a big corner. He plays hard. And, and really impressed with the plays that he does bring to the field and the times that he has those plays. Uh, because being at Nickelback, you're not always out there. And um, for him to be out there and, and playing as hard as he does when he does, it's huge. It's huge. So we're excited. Excited. Yeah. And I'm happy to have the guys that we have and the, the, the guys and the players that stayed with us. And, and believe in the system and uh, allowing the system to take its role and see where we're going to go with it. So we're growing. But most importantly, we stuck together and we're growing. I think that's the real key. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the piece that's going to be awesome to see hit the field. And again, when you see, it's very interesting, right? Because I've heard most different reviews about how they feel Portland is going to go this season. You know, uh, from Tyler Ashley. Um, 
you know, to to Jason Miller who who had his review and everything. Everybody has a different view of what we've uh, what we may do this season, right? And uh, I'm gonna tell you that you know t- from season you know from our first season to our second season, there is such a a huge step forward that you know it, it's hard not to get excited to see when when we hit the field. You know, um, a lot of hard work in the off season, a lot of things happen to get there, and and you know it, it's interesting to read, right? Um, I think Portland, like we said, is going to come in and make some noise and really surprise some people. Um, because again, we had a young, very hungry defense, um, and an offense that we were, you know, we were trying to figure out where our, our identity would, would lie. Right. And then going into our second season for us, it's looking a little bit more clear what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. And I know you, you've done a lot of hard work this, this off season to ensure that, uh, Portland's in the right position going into this season. So I'm excited to see you know how it plays out but mel before we get to our first guest of the evening is there anything else you'd like to share about that upcoming game against st louis and any message that you want to share to your men who are going to hit the field uh later on this week on um what to expect in in this game well i mean before we go out on any game right in our locker room we always uh, ask ourselves are we ready right that's that's kind of our mantra we ready we ready so Take-home message is, you know, to the fellas, you know, we put in a lot of time and effort and hard work, and everybody's been dedicated. We've had full locker rooms and full practice games and OTAs and all those things that have kind of come to bear. And, and it's go time, guys. It's go time. But remember one thing. We're still one brick at a time. We're still growing. We're still building this foundation. And each and every game is another opportunity to show what we're capable of. And uh, we're going to put our best foot on the field and our best abilities out there next weekend uh, at home. And we hope the fans are excited. So grab all your gear, come on out, and let's have a blast, man, because it's open day in Portland, and uh, we're ready to get it. That's take-home message. That's awesome, man. All right, well, I appreciate it. Thank you for jumping on, giving our fans and listeners an opportunity to hear what to expect upcoming game against St. Louis. So have a good night. Uh, my pleasure. You too. Now take care and everybody else out there do the same. All right. Thank you, Mel. So before, you know, I introduce our guests, you know, in true fashion, I have to make sure I blow the horns for our next, our actual, our guest of the evening, uh, wide receiver and OC, Greg, the Cuban crisis Soto. <laughs> How you like that? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much. You know, um, I'm just, Honestly, on a uh, super excited because I, I have a long week ahead of me of just relaxing and getting to in, to rest and recuperate before our opening weekend this weekend. So I'm really excited about that. Um, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing good, actually. I, uh, you know, I'm just uh, like I, I messaged you a little bit ago. I was. Uh, Simming some soccer, you know. I know that we're going to talk about the SFL, but I was uh, simming some soccer matches as well this evening, and I did some things, some scouting earlier in the in the day. But it's going pretty well. It's going good. It's it's snowing here where I'm at, which is crazy. It was just sunny this morning, and then all of a sudden it started snowing, which is crazy. Oh wow, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's funny because my wife says around this time it always snows on her birthday. 
So she tells me to kind of prepare for that. And I tell her, um, honestly, I am not prepared for any of that kind of stuff. Right. But um, <laughs> if it's snowing, hopefully did it stick or was it just flurries? Oh, it, well, it, it stuck. It stuck. And now I looked at the weather forecast and it's, uh, it's going to snow for the next couple of days. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess whatever I had an idea of going out, I guess I'm staying in. <laughs> it's crazy how the weather can really decide that for you, right? Like uh, here we're, we're getting like this straight up bone chilling coldness and that'll dictate my day. And I'm like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do much outside today. So it looks like it's going to be an inside cleaning day or inside whatever chore I had to do, or if it is a day I get to rest and uh, let it be an actual rest day. But it's so crazy. Where are you, where are you located at? I thought you were, I thought you were in, uh, in Florida, based on the Miami team that you uh, own in the SS- SSF. Well, I'm originally well, I'm originally from well, I'm originally from Cuba, but I'm originally from Florida. I, I was there for uh, a lot of years, and then we moved to Indiana. So I'm now in Indiana for the last five years. I'm an Indiana Hoosier for oh. uh, the last five years, and it is the weather here is crazy. It's it was weird. I, I like I said, it was sunny. Well, partly cloudy, sunny where I'm at. I went to go get some dry cleaning, and uh, on the way to the dry cleaners, it was flurrying. And then I got to the dry cleaners, and it was sunny again. I came oh, back wow. home, it got dark, and an hour later, it started snowing, and it's sticking. So, <laughs> it's, man, uh, Indiana weather is, is, is crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely sounds like it here in Maryland. It's, uh, it's more of the rain and, and kind of that coldness. Um, but then when you get a little bit of wind, it's like this perfect mix of like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to see what happens out here. So best of luck to yeah. you in Indiana, if that's the case. Um, and, it, and it's, yeah. uh, it's, 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 and now I understand the Cuban crisis, uh, situation, right. As well. Uh, knowing well, that yeah, Cuban- I changed it. I, I, that's one thing I changed it last, uh, you know, it was the Cuban missile. And I think, uh, I decided to change it just the other day because my Twitter handles, you know, I, crisis as well well it's Santa Maria but it's I have classified as crisis and I figure it's a good thing I've been hanging around Dave Axis for too long so it's going to be a thing you know the crisis is going to be on the uh on the other team's secondary that's where the crisis is going to happen so well I know I know there's huge things that you're as your player coming into Lone Star as well as your coaching that's coming to Lone Star as well so it's it's not just hey what you're going to be able to do on the field, but it's also what you do to prepare all your men for that game. So I'm really excited to see what you do uh, with Lone Star this season. And I know that was such a huge acquisition for Lone Star uh, because they are, they, they had a really good initial first start, right? I think Lone Star did really well. It's their first season. And with the move of you uh, adding bow and free safety, I think it, it really did add more, um, to that, plus the rookie of Evan Lacey uh, coming in as well. I'm very excited to see what Lone Star does this, this season, man. Like, uh, you know, I'm rooting for you and Dave because um, I, I talk to you guys, but, you know, all the folks at Lone Star are awesome and Gunny as well and everybody else. So it's really cool to see what you guys are able to do. Now, you say Cuban, you know, uh, uh, you are a Caribbean brother. I am not uh uh, Caribbean at all, but my wife tells me to adopt it, so I, I, I decided to adopt it. My wife's from uh, Puerto Rico, so uh, nice. Yeah, so you know, she says I need to start uh, embracing my Caribbeanness because my kids are gonna be like that. So 
I'm embracing it now. So it's awesome to, to have somebody who is Hispanic as well um, and able to share this sport and everything else that you don't typically see because, you know, in, 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 in Hispanic, you know, countries, it's all about uh, soccer, right? Um, but it, it honestly is awesome to share that with you as well in, in football. So tell us a little bit about yourself, right? I know you already shared, you know, Cuban and living in Indiana and that wild weather. Um, tell us a little bit of little bit about yourself right that folks may not even know um about you yeah so yeah even going back to what you said uh even in cuba even seeing a cuban that's actually into soccer or even american football is kind of weird because you know we're kind of known for track and field boxing and baseball and that's it so (laughs) even soccer is like i mean i think the team we have a national team I, i say we cuba has a national team but I don't think they've seen anything since like 1960s or 50s, even at that point. But yeah, no. uh, yeah. going to me, it's uh, I'm 45 years old. I'm I'm married. I have two great kids. I'm married to my high school sweetheart, and uh, just living here in Indiana. You know, I <clears throat> I was a I wasn't a college recruiting until COVID hit last year, and then. I decided to get into real estate and uh, passed all my boards, national and, and, uh, and in the state. Got my licenses. I'm now a Century 21 broker and realtor now here in Indiana, in central Indiana. Oh, wow. And I love esports. I love esports. I love racing. That's one thing that I think it, 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 I handed down to my son. That's partially the reason why we're here in Indiana. We, uh, we lived in Florida, in South Florida, for... Ooh, I'm 45. I came over on a boat. No joke. I came over on a boat when I was four. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we lived like in South Florida for, I think, like 30 some years, 37 years, something like that. Uh, and then we moved up here. You know, we moved up here to make a better life for ourselves and for our son. He got accepted into Purdue. And, oh, wow. And, uh, he got his, yeah, he got his dual degree in motorsports uh, engineering and in mechanical engineering. So we decided to move up here and give him in-state tuition and help him out. We were kind of tired already of Florida. So we wanted to get out. And the time was just right. <laughs> you don't hear yeah, that. I know. It sounds much. weird. I tell people up here, and they're like, what the heck did you leave Florida for? <laughs> <laughs> for Indiana. That's what they probably thinking. Like, Florida, Indiana? I don't know. But yeah. it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, of so we did, did that. that. Well, that's pretty awesome. I mean, again, Purdue, amazing school. And the cause and everything else to go up there sounds pretty great as well. So uh, I'm sure you're you're pretty proud of what your son's able to accomplish. Um, and like I said, that school I always associated Purdue with a lot of football as well. And uh, if if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm right on this. But Ryan Kerrigan came from there. That's how I kind of started watching more of Purdue because when uh, the Washington football team ended up drafting him, ways away, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was like Purdue. And then, you know, I kind of looked more into it. I was into college football, but more around like local colleges, like, you know, UCLA, um, you know, UMD, um, Virginia Tech, like those kind of schools that were closer to me that I kind of knew of and then kind of went from there. So uh, that's pretty cool, though. So how did you get to and you say you love esports? How did that kind of come to like, how did you end up finding the SFL? 
Well, it was just last year. Last year, I think it was maybe like February. I don't know, February or March. I was just scrolling through the channels and just all of a sudden it popped up. And just, you know, it's a similar story. I hear it all the time when, when people talk about how'd you find the SF, you know, the SFL. It was just weird. I was just scrolling through and I'm seeing, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a football game. I didn't even know it was 2K, 2K8. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing somebody announce, and I think it might have been, I think it was an Atlanta game. I think it was some kind of an Atlanta game that I was watching. I don't know who they were playing. I think it was maybe, yeah, it was season 14. It was Atlanta. And I think it might have even been Cameron Irvine doing him and somebody else. I don't even know. I think it was Cam. And I don't know. It was just weird. Like, the 10-year-old in me that used to play Madden with all my buddies, you know, when I was younger and all my, all my, you know, school friends, all of a sudden I felt like I was like 10, 12 years old. And I'm like, I I don't know. I just, I, even when I told my wife about it, I was laughing. You know, I almost kind of made fun of it at first when I first, like, I was always making fun of myself, which was weird. I was like, yeah, I can't. And I kept on telling me, I can't believe I just sat there for like an hour uh, watching these people play a video game and commentate on it. I'm like, what, what is this? So I got, you know, I went online right away and, and I even hesitated, I think for a couple of days before I did it, because I'm like, what am I getting myself into? This is ridiculous. Like, what am I doing? I'd rather, you know, I'm always like, I'd rather play the game, like actually have a controller and play, you know, I've had, man, I've had everything since like an Atari 2600 when I was playing Pong back when I was, you know, nine nine years old you know i even you know i think i've had just about every darn video game system in my life and i just hesitated and then but no i just thought about it i looked at the website some more i went on youtube i think i saw some interview with bdg hollywood from atlanta and you see these grown-ass men like talking about this game and they're so hyped up and i'm like i've always been a team sports person you know, besides, you know, besides the motorsports part of it. And I was just like, okay, well, what the heck? I'm just going to sign up. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so that, that kind of gets you to that point where now you're in the league. So I know I had you in Annapolis for a little bit. Right. Um, But how did you get, like, how did the whole thing come together? So from going to Annapolis or even being put onto Annapolis, right. To, Mm-hmm. Being a star wide receiver for the Chicago Wildcats <laughs> at that time, and then now going into being an OC of uh, Lone Star as well as their new star receiver uh, coming into uh, Lone Star. Well, there's only one star receiver in Lone Star, and that's Dave Access. I just want to <laughs> clear that out, clear that out of the way. There's only one superstar wide receiver. Uh, even though I am wide receiver one, th- there's only one superstar. His name is Dave Axis. I play second fiddle to him. Actually, I play second fiddle to him, and so does uh, now Deuce Fennec. We we play second fiddle to Dave Axis. So just wanted to clear that out. Love you, Dave. Um, but yeah, getting into the league, no, it was from the time from Annapolis, and I must admit, Annapolis was a lot of fun. Even the craziness that I put myself through because I'm not blaming anybody uh, about everything that happened and how I got to where I am now in the SFL. I, I had a lot of fun in Annapolis. I love the coaching staff, Albert Begin, uh, James, 
James Troll. Uh, I loved, uh, you know, also Ben Griffin, um, how he was able to put us together and actually start. And I attribute a lot of what I do scouting to Ben. I think Ben was amazing in showing us, not just me, but us, how to scout, how to scout this game, what to do. You know, if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have as much knowledge as I do now and what I do with scouting. So the time there, it was good. I, I, I made a bad decision that Dave Axis tells me every day that it was a bad decision, and I agree with him now. I made a bad decision to let go of my fullback. And I was a fullback, and that's what I chose because I'm like, eh, I've never been, which is kind of weird how I get to be a wide receiver now. I've yeah. never been a person that I want to be like the star. You know, I just, it never was. Like when I played soccer, I played defense mostly, and I was a goalie. I think yeah. I played a few games at striker when I was younger, but I was mainly more of a defensive person, you know. And same thing with uh, baseball. You know, I played in the outfield when I played baseball in my youth. And I, I was never like, you know, a home run hit or anything like that. So it's never been my thing to be like a star wide receiver or a star this or star that. But, uh, yeah, I let go of my fullback and I decided to stay on the team and just help them. And, you know, not knowing everything that's going on and all the rules and everything. And I had a bunch of me, you know, not say a bunch, a few, a handful of conversations with Cam, uh, conversations with, at that time, uh, the GM and the owner of Chicago. And everything seemed okay. It was kind of weird, the decision that I made, you know, but I'm like, okay, I'll do it. You know, it, it's weird. You're a rookie and you have somebody that's interested in like, oh, we want you on the team. We want you on the team. You know, this is where you need to be. And it's like, you know, it's it feels cool. It feels cool because that's what you want. So I let go of, you know, the draft. I didn't go through the draft process. And I ended up in Chicago. And then, you know, Chicago is what Chicago was, you know, what yeah. happened there. And, you know, it was just crazy. It was crazy. I tell people now that I've only been in the league for one pro season. And I feel like I've actually been in the league for like at least five years already because of just so <laughs> yeah. many things that, that happened to me. And... I was just not not prepared for that. So, you know, and I'm just glad. I'm glad I I, I, I did my time. <laughs> in one way or another, I did my time in Chicago. And that was it. I became a free agent. You know, Lone Star, you know, talked to me and said, hey, now that you're a free agent, you know, we would like for you to come here and help us out. I, you know, I spoke with Charles. I spoke with Coach Craven. I spoke with Dave. You know, I spoke with Wally. I told them, you know, what I do and what I can bring to the table. And I was just looking for support. I, I really was. I was, because of the situation in, in Chicago, for me, maybe not other people, for me it got really toxic. And I didn't feel like I was, I didn't feel the support. You know, I kind of, I was new, I was a rookie, and all of a sudden, you're just thrusted into, like, here you go, here's, nobody else has much experience except nobody, you know, here you go, go ahead and, and here's the game plan, do this, do that, and, you know, I just felt, I felt alone there, and that was not good, so coming into Lone Star, it's, it's a complete, complete 
180 turn. It's just crazy. If every, and I don't know what your locker room's like, but if every locker room is half as good and half as welcoming as the Lone Star locker room, I mean, everybody should be having fun in this league. Yeah. There's and not one say- day I don't go into the locker room and it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's almost, when I talk about the guys now in my house to my wife, my wife still kind of looks at me a little weird, but I talk about them like if they're my friends, like if they've been my friends for like years, because that's the way I feel, you know, and I needed that structure. I think as a rookie, if you don't know and you haven't been around the league and you don't know 2K8, you know, all pro, you know, all pro football 2K8, it's just, you don't know the game. So now having the structure of having coach, having Charles, having a good scouting department and everybody having something to do is that's what I was like. My insides were like screaming for that. Like, man, if I don't get that, I think I might not be in the league. Um, But it's just been a godsend. I, I can't be more grateful to those guys and, uh, and Ike also, uh, the the only female in our group i mean she, she's even awesome too you know to talk to and to be in the locker room with if if i don't think i would have gotten into this situation i probably wouldn't be in the league anymore yeah and it's crazy that you know that that happens to some people right like it happened to me you know my first season uh didn't i didn't feel connected with the team i felt uh, and, and the thing is, I came into this team as a non-contracted player, right? So coming yeah. as non-contract, uh, you don't have that same progression. You don't really help. You're, you're, you're more of that body on the field, right? That comes mm-hmm. in once in a while, you know, th- your package is called or whatever the case may be, right? And yeah. sitting there and watching these games and kind of defending for a team that I didn't feel like everybody defended me. There were some people on that team that I still, you know, keep in somewhat contact with, uh, you know, Xander gold is one of them, you know, and uh, you know, it, it, it's been such a, like that experience made me re- almost made me quit the, the league. Right. I was like, man, I don't feel connected. I'm paying money to have a player in here. And, right. you know, yeah. I, I didn't feel like that experience was smooth. And then, yeah, and it's, uh, and it's weird. You almost feel like, like, man, I'm paying for this. I'm like, this isn't fun. And that's one yeah. thing that I said to a few people. I'm like, man, this isn't fun anymore. Like, what, what's going on? I mean, this is not fun. I think, I, I think the most things that I said last season in Chicago was like, this isn't fun, and y'all are crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> I think those are the two main things. Besides to a couple of people, like Judas Sessi is amazing. He was really cool to talk to. Uh, ben, uh, you know, Benjamin Warner on your team now, and Khalil Thomas, they were stand-up people too. Uh, I, you know, Rob Rob Ems was awesome to talk to. But other than that, man, I just like, man, y'all are nuts. Y'all are crazy. Now, you know, because I started knowing things and understanding the league and the rules better and understanding what other teams were doing, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, this is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. And going back to your question, too, how I got ended up being a wide receiver, you know, initially, you know, because of the rules, I was only going to be a coach. I was like, man, yeah. I just want to be a coach at this point. And actually, what's crazy about it, 
I was like a fullback was something that I wanted to be because that's what I was in the minors. And I also had this thing in my head, and I think Hugo could even vouch for this. I, I would talk to him about becoming a defensive tackle or a defensive end as well. Like, I really didn't have, like, this glorious, I wanted to be a wide receiver or a cornerback or that, you know, or a kicker that gets points or, you know, I, it wasn't even in my, my train of thought. It just happened that I think at the time it was, I believe, J.C. Torres. So the story that was told to me was that J.C. Torres wasn't going to have any more time, you know, to do the league. So... You know, at the time, that rule was still in place. I forgot what they call it. I think Albert begins, uh, Albert begin, you know, gives me grief, and now he calls it the Greg Soto rule. But whatever, it's <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's one of it's that old rule where you know the player left, and you know the owner could, you you know, could have somebody take over that build. Yeah. And uh, I think you know this year, I think that that has changed. But it was weird because. I think it was just because of the Chicago thing. Uh, I got a lot of crap on DMs, and uh, it was just weird. It was just weird because other people did it too. Because the you know, there were teams that needed a player to come in from a player that wasn't either progressing or a player that all of a sudden just went you know went MIA, you know, and they needed somebody to come in and fill that spot in. So it wasn't just me because I, but it just seems that because. I was in Chicago. It was, it's been escalated even more, you know, at that time. But yeah, yeah, that's how I ended up being a wide receiver. And I'm happy now, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I'm happy now. And I'm learning to be a little bit more of a diva now with Dave in the locker room. I'm starting to uh, feel that. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm growing into that. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's, that's the part that when it, it does turn around and it clicks and, you're in such a better situation that this league excels even more. And um, again, you know, it, it's it's that experience that as front office staff or as leaders, you have to think about, right? And um, you always have to be on, you know, just in tune with what your team feels and check in on them and see how they're doing. And, you know, again, there's a fine line. Like, I don't bug nobody. Right. Like I don't yeah. sit here and spend my whole day doing it, but you know, I'll give you your time. And if we haven't talked for a little bit, I'll just check in. Hey, how's everything? Everything cool. You know, is everything all right? And you know, they, you know, they'll talk back and they'll say, yeah, nothing, you know, everything X, Y, Z, thank you for checking on me. And it's just me being a person and understanding yeah. that I was in the same shoes as you. And, uh, I didn't have that. Nobody ever checked on me. We had a bad game. Wasn't nobody talking to me too and saying, Hey team, we can do better. Like, I think there was a couple of times I said something in the locker room and just nobody said anything in return. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, this non-contracted player cares as much as we do. Like, let's try to get this together. Like, and what's crazy is when my team was sold, right, to uh, to Gerald, mm-hmm. I had no idea. I literally one day got a message saying, hey, guys, you know, it was, a, it was great, whatever, whatever. Like, all these players saying it was awesome, it was great, blah, blah, blah. And then I couldn't have access to the locker room anymore. That's crazy. I, I wish I didn't have access to the, I wish I hadn't had access to the Chicago locker room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 that's, when you have a, a experience like that, yeah, it messes with you. And um, Oh yeah. I had that. I had that last year where something happened where it completely messed with me. You know, I was working on the, uh, as an OC as well. And I had, uh, 
I had done the the game book, the game plan, you know, and the playbook for that for a particular week, and I send it in to somebody else that was going to look at it. And by the time it got turned in, um, like there was plays that I didn't even know about. I hadn't even uh, simmed any plays of those plays, and I remember going into the Twitch chat, and they're like, "Well." I guess I'll find out what plays we're running this week because I don't have any idea what they are. <laughs> so <laughs> I understand when something happens so crazy that you don't even get told. So yeah. I, I thought I was turning in the offensive playbook that I had been simming the entire week. And when it got turned in, it, it was about 20 plays different than what I had put in and I had been simming. So all that test time was just gone by the wayside. Okay. And, uh, and something else got completely turned in that it wasn't even something I had simmed all week. So, yeah, it's 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 weird when something happens with a team when you get blindsided and or not knowing what's really going on until, like, after it happens. And that's definitely not a good feeling. Yeah. No, it, it isn't. And that's what I'm saying. Like, with with us, you know, I think that's why I'm such a transparent GM that – um it's just because I feel like I never had that transparency and I'm always available to my, to my teammates just because I never had availability always to somebody to answer my questions about the SFL. Um, and yeah. that's how I ended up linking up with Jacob because I, I was sharing my frustration with Mel and me and Mel were, were, were new to this league together. And, you know, he introduced me to Jacob so I could, you know, get to know a little bit more cause Jacob was more, more, in the know than we were and honestly i tell people yeah. all the time if it wasn't for annapolis for me going to annapolis and, and being with ben and you guys and everybody together as a team i don't think i would that that gave me an understanding of what a real team could feel like what a real yep. group of, of people who are playing together feels like and um you know we annapolis you can just name it we had killers come off of that squad um yeah you know, great people that are in this league right now. Um, yeah. And oh. that, that what restored my faith. And um, then when, you know, kind of me and Jacob really hit it off with Mel, you know, and Jacob ended up getting the team is when Jacob was like, hey, you know, I've gotten to know you and I know what you were about. And I think a lot, we all had the same vision, right? Like he was like, we all feel like we are on the same page. I would love you to be love for you to be my GM and you know I made that decision to drop my player being in this position because I wanted I felt like in this position I can really make that difference like like Lone Star has done for you because I never yeah. want anybody to be in that same position again like I don't for for multiple reasons one you know as, as a GM I take player retention like number one so player retention has to be with player happiness and it, how do they feel? Do they feel involved? Do they feel like, you know, they're, it's, it's feel involved and also that we respect their time because you can't, you have your own life, right? You have family, you have, you know, work, whatever you have. So if you're feeling like the SFO ends up being too demanding and it's taken away from the things you have to focus on, then that's also a thing I consider, which is that kind of work-life balance. Um, to give my yes. players an opportunity to say, hey, I still live the, in my life, but when I do need my locker room or when I do need to step up or when I do need something in return or I have a question or whatever, 
I have a place to do that. Mm-hmm. And they'll respect my time just like I respect theirs. And yeah, totally. You know, that's things that you just learn with, with kind of with time. And But when I got the, the opportunity to do this, I dropped, you know, and, and I told Ben, like, uh, Ben was really the one I was like, hey, Ben, you know, uh, <laughs> I got this opportunity, dude, and it looks like I'm not going to be able to continue on with, with Annapolis. And uh, he says, man, you know, do you mind if you could tell me what that opportunity is? And, and I, I know it was up front. I said, it's a front office position that just got offered. And it's something that I felt very strongly on to um, mm-hmm. invest in. And uh, it's been amazing. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the things you said on Access's show. Uh, <laughs> I, I laughed because you were like, I don't ever think I'm going to be invited to any of those shows only on access but um, <laughs> no nah, you know it's honestly man like um i'm what you said wasn't wasn't anything that was what i've seen in gen chat sometimes okay like what i see in gen chat when people are quick to to judge what portland has done without seeing what we're able to accomplish in such a small period of time and do it with such young leaders in, in our locker room um you know, it, it's just that side where I'm just like, man, like it's so easy to judge, but it's not easy to be on that other side of the fence when we're simming, simming, simming for hours, 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 communicating, talking, talking about, you know, your off season, your your draft, then, you know, what we're going to be looking like in the season and then simming, simming, simming to try to get something that is what you're looking for and then submitting that playbook and then now preparing for the next team and you know, it's a process, and then when you judge somebody based on that process, it, it, it's kind of like, all right, but yeah. do you really understand it because you're not here with us? But hey, that, that's yeah. the fun part of it. Yourself, you know, has some really great things to say. Uh, Dave always shows love to Portland. Um, that's my dude for, for always being like that. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Ashley and, 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 and Tyler, like, they said some things, too, that that weren't bad, you know. Jason's review as well. Jason Miller wasn't a bad review on, on what people think because again, we had a two and ten season. People look at the numbers, right. they don't really look at everything else that might have been around it. They don't really see how Portland was able actually to retain a lot of their people. We we, we lost to free agency uh Connor Weston and uh, Amon takes. And all love to those two two players. They're always and forever gonna be part of Portland's history. So all respects. Uh, to, yeah. to them, right? and then yeah, and I say like you said, I stay off of Gen Chat though. Gen <laughs> Chat sometimes can be toxic. There's two things that can happen at Gen Chat. Either it could be really toxic, or it could be it could become Ray uh, Ray Bentley's uh, personal uh, channel. <laughs> Lately, there's two things that can happen with Gen Chat. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're gonna go in there, you're gonna see some crazy stuff about being talked about, or you're yeah. gonna see a lot of posts uh, from Ray. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I I feel like it's almost following him, like like his own Twitter page or something. Like everything he puts in there, it's you know, crazy. I, I go in there and all I see is red all the time. <laughs> yeah. you know it, he really uh, he really represents uh, Mexico City because I'm pretty sure people see red so much they they just have oh, that yeah. now with him. But you know it, yeah, it, you're right. That's the thing though. Like I I've seen worse in Gen Chat. I've seen people really belittle Portland, and, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm so excited to see what we have brought in. Um, you know, people don't know what to expect, so again, it's all speculation. But from what I've seen, what I have 
talk to each individual in my team and, and the camaraderie we have and everything, I think we're going to be able to really live the vision that I wanted to do, which is be on the level of the Sioux Falls and the Baltimore's and, you know, every team that, that had everybody signed already and boom, they didn't have to worry about nothing. Their off seasons was quiet yep. as a mouse. You know, they had no free agency yep. to worry about. They had no draft to worry about. They were just able to focus that whole off season on improving themselves and getting better every single time. And yeah, that's and not that's one thing. Yeah, when it comes to football, like you said, you look, you guys were just you guys just started last year. You know, it's your first season. I take that as like what I do. Look, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of football teams. I'm a fan of you know. I love just about every sport except hockey. Uh, and not that I hate it, I just don't watch it. And anytime there's like a new owner, new manager, new coach, you got to give that person time, yeah, at least two years. I, my, you know, and they say this, a lot of people say this, it's like, I think the magic number is three. Around year three, now, if you get it done before that, fantastic. I mean, you, to me, in my eyes, I give a team, an owner, a new coach, I give them at least three seasons because – you know, if you're coming into something, you don't know how these people are going to mesh in your locker room. You don't know how they're going to play. You don't know how the first offseason is going to go. So really to establish something that's going to last, I think I think people need to give those entities in the sports world at least three years. I, and I say that even in college ball, you know, you have a recruiting class coming in. It's almost like what I, what, how I think about it. You have a recruiting class coming in. You, those people have to adapt to the way the coaches are and what plays are going to be called, how progressions are going to go, how training's going to go. And, and you really need to give that time. Year three, now year three, yeah, it, it, you better get going, you know, year three, because you're probably not going to have that many people give you, give you any mulligans you know, after year three, because, hey, you know, this is now your team. You've made it, you've molded it to be your team. And uh, that's my kind of, that's my go-to when there's ever a new team. Like this year, you know, San, you know, San Diego. It's great if they get a lot of wins. That's fantastic. But I personally don't think that San Diego is going to probably be good for another couple of years, couple of seasons. And then it's not that I'm putting them down. It's just, it's just the way it, it almost always goes. It's something new. You're, it's a lot of personalities, a, a way of, uh, you know, a way of coaching. And that's one thing that I talked about. You guys, you know, the good thing is you kept the front office intact, and you kept the coaching staff intact. That to me is so vital to a success of a team. You need that now. If you have a better, you know, uh, 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 you get into the playoffs this year, man, to me, you over, you know, you've succeeded past what I thought you were going to do. Um, but if you don't, but if you get a better record, that's, you're, tr you're trending up, you know, and it's one thing that I spoke to, who was it? I think this Carolina Skyhawks, um, Harish, you know, I spoke to him probably about two months ago or a month and a half ago. And, you know, he would like to get into the playoffs, but he knows that he's trending upward. And that's what you should do. Again, you know, as a new team, three year, three seasons in, yeah, you, you better be in the, in, to me, you better be in the discussion of you're in the playoffs and, and yeah. hopefully do some damage. Yeah. And, and, you know, but there were some teams that did really well, man. Like I always, yeah. you know, 
tip my hat to Louisiana, right? Uh, a new, um, yeah, a, a relocated franchise that was under new management or new ownership, right? And they yep. did really well, got themselves all the way into, um, what was it, the semifinals, right? Or, yeah, semis. Or yeah, I think semis, that, yeah. right? And and uh, yep. and had an opportunity first season around. So it's it's honestly like you can see that that's a possibility, but you again. If we look at the growth of of the rookie class, like I, you know, we had thirteen rookies. I think Louisiana maybe had like three. You know what I'm saying? If anything, yeah. And then didn't need it again season. So you have a lot of players who already have some level of progression that's already started. And I kind of felt like this off season, right? Like the this draft class was was way higher, right? So mm-hmm. for somebody like you know, DC or San Diego, well, I can draft wherever I want as the player because I'm going to get, I can get max value a lot of times, right? Or I can get a really good start. So my team is better, a lot faster. I felt like last season's rookies didn't get that opportunity. So, you know, everybody got capped at, at a silver. There were some guys that already, you know, example, uh, Kevin say, I think already came almost at a gold, if not a gold. So I kind of felt like it, it lopsided it a little bit more. Yes, it was great for the teams that got to th- this time around. And when I explained to people, you know, my guy, Leo Morris, who we love, right? And it was just, you know, to, to he fit the perfect scenario. I didn't have to ask him to cut his contract. Like, I felt like as a person, to, for me to come up to you and say, hey, dude, you know, we love you. We want you to be part of here. You sound like you want to be here. But, oh, by the way let me cut your contract and you're going to lose some stuff just to be here. Um, I feel bad about that. Yeah. Right. You work hard for your progression. So, you know, and and we believe in like, we believe in our rookies, you know, uh, uh, Derek majors and Chris Dodge, like I believe in them. So I didn't feel like it was Mm -hmm. fair to bring a rookie in there and say, Hey, yeah, you were with us in season 15 and it was hard and it was, you know, uh, a, a very difficult season, but you know what? I'm sorry. We got this other rookie who is rated higher than you, and we're going to put them in your spot, and now you're going to get bumped. That yeah. doesn't follow with my ideology of the experience. We drafted right. you season 15. We didn't have no no choice on how the rookies came in, but we do have the control of finding the right rookie that fits that scenario. So with the amazing personality that Leo has to how his player was built and seeing that a lot of key foundational things in his player are there right so i can build on that and work on that and still have a really good player in the nickel playing with the two cornerbacks that i believe in a lot which was there which is Derek and chris that that's what led to that scenario and that shows like we believe in what we say we believe in the experience i didn't want to come up to chris and say hey you're gonna have this rookie Surpassing when Chris had a really good season. Shoot, in Denver, he's the first one to get a pick six back on Denver. And then Derek right. Max took another pick six. So for the rookies that we had, that's that's kind of given that explanation on how we got to this scenario of 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 the draft and, and, and everything we did. But Leo knows that he's wanted here. He knows that we like he was just a perfect scenario. And I'm gonna tell you. You have to talk to everybody to find Leo because Leo, you you heard every commentator on 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 the draft night was like, hey, 
as nobody heard him. No, I don't even know who this guy is. He's all the way down in tenth. Like I would think they would have chose somebody uh, like Mike Scott, which Mike Scott is an amazing player, right? But like yeah. I told yeah. Mike Scott, I would feel bad cutting you, knowing that you've you've done a really good job, and I have to bring your player down to bring you here, right? right. Like I didn't want to do that. As much as yeah. you know. Any rookie, if you really get a really good relationship with somebody, you will consider it. Yeah, if I'm there and, you know, you pick me up and, and that's what it has to be, that's what it's going to have to be. But you can say that one minute, but then feel like, man, I had to cut my contract or I had to get my progression down and I have to restart again. And it took me a little bit of time or whatever, whatever. I just knew that wasn't going to be conducive into the locker room and then that player now feels maybe a little bit of animosity if things don't work out the way they they want to so i always like i said leans back to that experience which you and i have shared together that it's bad and terrible you honestly don't get an opportunity to do that but every guy in our locker room man is is such an amazing person and player and they really do support one another and we have still some vets that have been around for a few seasons right and we have uh, you know, some rookies and we have not so rookies with my season 15, um, you know, players that came in that honestly is really excited to see what everything is, is really coming to be. And we kind of went <laughs> a lot on different topics and we never got to know mm-hmm. one question that I always like to know about every single person is what's a fun fact about you that nobody knows. Um, before we go on, cause I, I do want to talk more about the SFLM because you were part of, yeah. of the, uh, prototype is what i feel like that we were the prototypes to win. <laughs> the prototype now nah, you know but before we get to that what's the fun fact about you that nobody knows a fun fact about me i don't know if it's a fun fact i mean i, I mean I, I am i'm very silly i don't i don't take myself too seriously uh fun fact uh well here's a weird fact i was born with six fingers so that's a weird fact that probably nobody in the SFL has. I was born with six fingers and six toes. Six fingers and six toes. All, all like all hands and 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 feet. Like you had it on your right and left. I only asked because I'm double yep, right, left, oh. right, left, and hands and foot. Yeah, you know, I I I crack about it now. It's um I, I crack up about it now because you know that's that's uh that's Cuban medical uh the medical system in Cuba. They're like, yeah, you know what? Big deal. You know, he's different. You know, he's not going to get picked on when he goes to school. So, <laughs> you know, just let him live his life with let, – let him live his life like that. You know, no big deal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it runs in my mom's side of the family. And uh, it, it's always funny to um, – it's always funny now that I'm older. Definitely when I was younger, it was not fun. Uh, you know, short. Hispanic chubby kid with like with weird hands definitely was not fun in school here in the United States. It was definitely not fun. But you know, n- you know, getting all past that, it's uh, it's funny having sometimes when I go to see some cousins and my mom's side of the family, and uh, you know, some of them have it as well, female and male. And when we get there, there's a couple of them that um, that have it on like on in a weird spot you know and uh we we crack up at each other we we bust each other's chops and i call them that they're weird and uh i tell them that they're weird that they don't look normal so <laughs> even amongst ourselves 
you know, um, I always say that I have uh, prettier looking feet and prettier looking hands than any of my cousins on my mom's side of the family that have the same thing. <laughs> Man, I mean, look, it, it's it's something that again, like I always share, like when I when I always share about the fun fact with people, it's always that I have a double jointed toe, but I only have one, and it's my left toe. <laughs> And I think it's the weirdest thing ever yeah. that I only have this one. And it's funny because I'll, I'll tell anybody that story. And my wife's like, nobody yeah. wants to hear about your toe. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. But what that shows is there's a level of humility. I'm willing to talk about my something that is different about me with you because I accept differences, right? Like, it's just, yeah. again, I'm different. I, I see something that is unique and I want to embrace it more than, um, you know, clown on it right or 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 kind of yeah. be negative towards yeah. that so it's kind of a way to let people know that you don't have to have your walls up to me it helps me a lot too with a lot of my employees right uh because mm-hmm. i run a best buy uh you know i deal with a lot of young younger people even i do have some older folks but i i, I have a lot more younger right and it helps them see like hey i may be your manager but i'm i'm a person just like you and, uh, you know, I'm going to ask for the best because I'm going to give you the best. And I'm going to let you know that this title doesn't mean anything. But when I ask for something, I expect it because I'm going to do it as well. So if I ask you to do something and you don't do it, um, just know I'm going to do it. And then guess what? Now your need or what you contribute is, becomes a lot less. And now, you know, you may not be right. the right for the business. But this helps people kind of understand like but when when you need something or you need a person who you can rely on or you know i understand life happens then mm-hmm. you got somebody who's going to have your back in the same time so i've been able to turn around a lot of things that way because i show that level of respect and humility that sometimes upper management or you know that the corporate people don't fully understand but i understand it perfectly and i think that's probably why i focus a lot around the experience because I hate to hear an interview and somebody tell me, Hey man, you legit ruined my life. And I hate you for every minute of that. Right. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of going into the, uh, SFLM because I, I think that's, we, like I said, we were the prototype season and I think we had a blast really doing it. Uh, what did you enjoy most about the SFLM? Yeah. What I enjoyed the most actually was, I know it sounds crazy, and I think that's why I wanted to coach and scout, <laughs> was the silly but productive coaches' meetings every week that we would have uh, and just uh, picking each other's brain about how, what we're doing, how how are we scouting, what sheet are we using, uh, you know, and just talking, you know, not talking trash, but, you know, kind of, just talking trash and being competitive with each other and having a camaraderie, you know, which is something that I feel now, you know, again, uh, at LSG. And, and I think having that, having those good moments with Annapolis and remembering that is something that I take now into LSG. And it's just like, wow, this is, this is the fun that I was having, uh, you know, with Annapolis. And I'm having that fun now in the LSG locker room. But that's, that's really what I remember the most that, that I enjoyed was having those weekly, you know, coaches meetings and just talking about plays and what we were going to do. And, you know, and then staying on the phone with uh, Albert and, uh, and, and his brother, uh, James, and just, you know, just, just talking, you know, just being able to talk and, 
you know, them trying to kind of lead me in the right direction, which I did not do. <laughs> so, uh, but that's what I enjoyed the most. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's what I'm talking about. When you get to share things like Albert Begin, right, is is known for one having a, a organization that's been around since the start, right? And a respectable mm-hmm. organization in Queen City and bringing that type of level of structure and, and, and support to Annapolis to really help us understand what to expect coming into the league. And uh, those are things that, again, you cannot replace and you feel more connected to the league when people of that stature, people who, who are, have been in this league for a while come and say, hey, I'm going to spend that time with you because I want you to understand as much as I do. Now, what was, what was your best memory from the SFLM? The best? The best was probably just, uh, I just, I, I don't have a specific one. I, I think just my time there and even, uh, you know, just being able to, okay, well, best. Okay, let me pinpoint it. Now you, and now I'm thinking best. Okay, the best is, you know, and this is kind of self-serving, but it is weird and it was cool to catch a ball as a fullback and have my name being mentioned. That was, I was kind of beside myself when I first heard my name being mentioned. So I guess that's one of my best memories that I have is when initially, you know, cause I was a fullback. I'm like, I ain't going to get the ball. And what was funny, <laughs> what was funny about it. I think the very first conversation that Ben and Ben and I had, he goes, well, you know, I'm really not going to throw you the ball. You're not going to get the ball at all. We're not really going to use, he goes, we're really not going to use a full bag. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, can, can I, can I say shit? You can. <laughs> it's, I, I don't, that's why okay. said in the beginning, there's a disclaimer. So go at it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was like, damn, you got to be kidding me. Uh, you're not going to use a fullback? And I'm like, well, it's too late now. I already, I already looked at, you know, at the build, and, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to just be a fullback and help out. But, yeah, I, I guess just getting my name called initially uh, was was probably one of, one of the best memories that I had. Yeah, I think, I think it's such a uh, shocker when you hear your name called. Um, just because you, you feel such a connection to this league that it, it just – even immerses you even more in the experience, which um, I think is what really drives us all and has me, you know, up at 10.06. And not that I wouldn't be, but I'll be able to talk shop with people who enjoy this league as much as I do. So it's pretty awesome when yeah. I hear like your memories and stuff like that because each individual person is different, right? Of course, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's awesome because you get to feel the passion and, and, and the excitement in that moment. Um, yeah. That, you kind of get to live it a little bit through that person. So it's pretty cool. Now, getting into the coaching side, uh, congratulations again, you know, moving to Lone Star and being able to coach again, because I know you were doing a little bit with Chicago. So now you got the mm-hmm. full range, and I'm excited what you're able to do with Ike McBride. Um, Adam, your tight end, right? And then, of course, the diva, Dave Axis, and yourself um, with Ace Fennick <laughs> and his son, right? So, you know, I think that's exciting pieces that you have. And, uh, you know, what is your coaching style in the sense of when you're talking about it as an offensive person? Like, would, how would you say your coaching style is towards your uh, players? My preference 
is very aggressive West Coast. <laughs> you know, right. just very aggressive West Coast. I was so happy to have three wide receivers now. And, you know, you know, and teams kind of look at their personnel and, and what they have and, you know, should we bring in a second tight end? Should we actually get a, a third wide receiver? And even some teams, should we get a fourth wide receiver? You know, getting Deuce uh, drafted, I was just elated because, you know, again, I I am very aggressive. I mean, and even, you know, even in the SSF, you know, even when I was coaching, uh, I was an assistant coach in soccer in uh, in Florida at a high school. It's just I I am I'm a defensive person. I am a defensive guy. And I love our defense. I love our defense on LSG. I think our defense is going to be top-notch. I think they're top-notch now, but, you know, the stats are going to prove that at the end of the year. I I just love our defense. I love our defensive personality. And and I'm more of a defensive – I have that defensive mentality, but it's a very aggressive mentality. So when I'm doing offense, I want to be that nasty – aggressive and I love West Coast I love being able to throw around the ball um, you know I, I love my running but it's really the running to set up my passing uh, and if that if I would ever have a team all to myself if I ever get to that point that's what I would strive for like yeah. I love I used to love Bill Walsh uh, when he was coaching the 49ers. I'm not even a 49ers fan. I just loved um, the way he coached, uh, you know, old school. You know, I, I love how he did it. I love, you know, all the coaches that came out of that, you know, I guess you could call the Bill Walsh tree. And if you go even further, you know, it's, you know, it's Paul Brown, you know, when, you know, when Bill Walsh was in, in Cleveland and, uh, and then later in Cincinnati and stuff like that. But, um, that's that would be my coaching style. Yeah. And you know, you're not the only person that I've met that said, Hey, Bill Walsh was a inspiration. And um mm-hmm. it's crazy because, you know, the coaches that tell me that it's 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 really based off of what you guys are saying that it was that aggressiveness, it was that, you know, old school yeah. mentality type of of offense that again really inspired you and um it, it's again like I think uh, I'm very defensive mind, minded as well because my favorite player when I started getting really into football right I love football but I wasn't like following players and people and teams like that it was just more of the sports and who had the coolest logo or colors right because I was a kid um, but when I started yeah. realizing and my dad was like hey you know we got the Washington you know I'm gonna call them for what they were at that time the Washington Redskins right um, yeah my dad had had brought me into it and I remember seeing my first draft, which was Sean Taylor. The draft that Sean Taylor was picked up was my first draft ever of really following the Redskins. And um, that really made me fall in love with the defense. And I realized that yep. one star person like that could really make a whole defense even seem better because they did three other people's jobs. Um, and as you know, in Washington, it, <laughs> there was a time period where they were amazing. And then after that, yes. they just it up so to to see yeah, that yeah. i'm really thinking it up because my dad used to be like i don't even know why i'm a redskins fan like your your grandfather raised me on the 49ers 
I was just like, I mean, I follow now where you're at, so I am a Redskins fan, and, and you know, I've been ever since, and um, <laughs> honestly, you know. But I think that happens, what happened to yeah. you happens to everybody. I think there there's some time in your life, or somebody that you know, or somebody's like, unless you're a New York Yankees fan. But other than that, <laughs> somebody <laughs> always says, like, man, I'm really wondering if this relationship between me and this sports team is really going to go to the next level. Is it time <laughs> to cut bait? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and find a new quote-unquote girlfriend or boyfriend because this team is just not cutting it anymore. <laughs> and uh, I, I know what you're saying because I've, I'm a, I'm a hardcore – uh, college football fan, like that is like my go-to. That and, and soccer. I'm I'm a hardcore Miami Hurricanes. I'm hardcore pretty much anything Miami. <laughs> pretty much anything Miami, and yeah. I'm a massive Manchester United fan. But there's always a time, with the exception of Man U and and, and you know and, and some teams that have won multiple championships, you know, in in, in a lifetime, where you're always like, man, you're a fan, but it's like, you know, I've always had this weird relationship with the Dolphins. It's like, man, really? It's like, come on, you know. And even now, I root for them, but every time I hear of 1972, I almost feel like I want to throw up, even though I'm a Dolphins fan. It's like, yeah, you know what? How many times are we going to keep bringing that crap up? You know, it's 1972, yeah, it was perfect season, but man, can we just get to the playoffs? You know, it's just weird. It's a, you know, I have yeah. such low expectations now for some of my teams that, uh, you know, I'm just like, man, can can we just be in the wild card? You know, I just I just want to be in the wild card chase. Man, no, trust me, like it, it's the same thing with Washington. You know, to have the season we had this season, to know all the headaches. I mean, for many it was like, oh, the NFC East, they were trash, right? But no, yeah. you don't know how it feels to. From last season going, you know, just a terrible to have to go number two to get Chase Young. Um, mm-hmm. You don't know. Like, I had my brother who, uh, like my dad, cultivated me to to love Washington to literally say, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done. Bought himself some Raven <laughs> stuff. Was like, I'm done, dude. Like, uh, we live in Maryland. Really? Like, you guys, like, we, live, we live in Maryland. Like, we should... Yeah. Uh, roots for the Ravens and I'm like dude you're the reason you and dad are the reason why I am about the Washington football team right like and you're jumping yeah but ship. he traded up he traded up to a better girlfriend that was going to treat him better well no he came back to Washington <laughs> so he knew that oh he came back oh yeah, why would he do that uh, because he got <laughs> oh. clowned by his wife his kids his uh, mother-in-law me my wife um, everybody just gave him crap for it, right? And um, because, again, oh, you don't want to be in a situation where things kind of are looking in the up and up, and then now you're like, dang, that, I was I was there when times were tough, and now I left to go to a team that, yes, you know, the Ravens are in a better light at the moment. But I don't have those emotional so, moments with the Ravens like I did with Washington. Yeah. So to me, for me to right. say, hey, deuces, I'm out, Knowing that I was there for these times in this periods, man, like it felt really good to know that they really turned the defense around. It was really good to see culture changes and seeing decisions being made that you normally wouldn't see if it was the old regime or the old mm. front office. And uh, yeah. 
yeah, it made me end up saying and saying, hey, I'm, and my brother came back and was like, yeah, I was, I was a fool for me leaving. And I was like, it's all right, man. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to throw, we're going to act like this didn't happen. Uh, but it did happen. But, you know, and uh, we're just going to keep it moving. And, and, and that again kind of shares on my mentality. And, and even me in my own job, I've worked at three Best Buys in my, mm-hmm. how long has it been? 12 year career, right? So three yeah. stores. That shows that I only left because of promotion. So my first store, I was there right. until I got promoted to a supervisor. And then there until I was a manager. Then I got an opportunity to get a promotion to run a whole bank. And then after that, you know, my district manager reached out and was like, hey, dude, I want you back. And, you know, I came back to, to Best Buy. And, and now I've been at that store since 2017. Um, so, mm-hmm. again, it kind of speaks on how I see things and how I, I really am and you know, if it's if it's for the best, then I'll move forward. Just like if somebody leaves for something better, um, then yeah. I'll go ahead. But you know, you got to kind of look at that whole aspect of of everything as well. But so I uh, have a quick question for you. Yeah, yeah, you're a ahead. Washington Redskins fan. So do you think? And you guys, made, did you guys get, make it to the playoffs, right or no? We made, it to, made it to the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, we faced. Okay. Uh, should a team with a losing record, and it's not just because it's Washington, but I think Seattle did this a handful of years ago where they had a losing record, they won their division. I understand you win your division. I get it. I get it. You get that banner. But should should a team with a losing record go to the playoffs? Um, so, if again, you, you have to kind of have everybody represented, right? And you never know. Right, like there's stories of yeah. wild card teams that have done it before. Steelers, they came in at a seven and nine one time and ended up winning the Super Bowl. Um, there's a yeah. couple teams that came in and and yeah, they you know this the whole season doesn't always tell the whole story, right? And things mm-hmm. as in, injuries or whatever, you know, teams trying to get it together end up kind of changing how like how that season went. But then when they clicking. You can't stop that, right? These are all professional teams. It's kind of how I see the SFL, yeah. right? Like, these mm-hmm. are all professionally run teams. And um, it, it's, again, like, for me to sit here and say, oh, man, like, an example, the, the teams that always get crapped on every single season, without a doubt, is always London, St. Louis, right? And it, it's not fair because, dude, they, you know, it, it takes some time to kind of get it to, to, to make it make sense and where you have a system that really works. And, yep. you know, sometimes well, it's like it's that three, it's like that three season rule that I talked about earlier. Yeah, you know, when that, right. anytime there's a regime change, coaching change, regime change, or you have like almost half the team brand new, you got to give it time. Yeah. And, and so it, it's kind of like how I see that. Right. So let's say yeah. I, I know a lot of people don't, aren't really respecting so much the whole Pacific division, right? Um, it's kind of seeming like people like to joke. It says, oh, that's going to be the NFC East of the SFL. But you can't, it's like I said, very easy to say when we all come in at the same budgets, right? We all had the same, you know, amounts of rosters. We have all the same everything. And it, I mean, anybody who's been coaching this game will know that what you run on Sims doesn't always necessarily correlate to the field. You're like, man, I would have called this instead. No, but definitely. We have not that you know, many people have been able to crack the Cam's Xbox code. 
Yeah, nobody. Like, you know, trying to figure out a hack, man. Maybe I might bring back an old Game Shark since this game is so old that I can maybe figure <laughs> out what, what, what the, you know, secret codes are. But it's just the truth of the matter. So it's like how I see this, as much as people say Washington doesn't deserve to, they were the best representation of the NFC East. And they had the no, I got fair shot as anybody else who weren't a one or two seed to prove themselves that, hey, you now have an opportunity to say why you need to be here. And there have been stories of teams making it from the wild card bottom um, to yeah. uh, the Super Bowl championship. There's not many, so don't and get it was, twisted. It's not an everyday yeah. story, but it has happened before. And I'm fine with you guys winning. I just it was it's, it's always a question I like to ask. Is I don't know how I would even feel if my team got in something, you know, got into a playoff with, with a losing record, but – I'm happy that you guys won uh, because my 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 wife's entire family are Cowboys fans, and oh, yeah. I they're, they're one of, they're one of the they're I I classify them. There's certain groups or certain fan bases that I think, for the most part, I can't say all of them. For the most part, are really obnoxious. Like it's <laughs> yeah. almost like. Like Dallas Cowboys fans to me, and I, I'm only speaking from experience from my wife's family, cousins, and so forth, and some other people that I've mentioned that are Cowboys fans. They they live in the past, and they feel that that past is exactly what their team is now. And it's uh, I think it's one of the reasons why I like to watch Stephen A. Smith because he's such a Cowboy hater on ESPN. That it makes yeah. me laugh when he when he starts making fun of the Cowboys because to me internally I can't really laugh out loud in front of my wife or you know or you know not that she's a Cowboys fan but that's what she was raised on she doesn't really follow football but I don't really want to make fun of the Cowboys but it's almost I watch Stephen A make fun of the Cowboys and that's like my inner my inner devilish side laughing along with him <laughs> so I'm fine with you guys getting in and. And, and winning that division, as long as the Cowboys don't, I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I trust me. There's only, the there's only one America's team in football, and in, in, there's only one America's team in in tackle football, American football, and that's the SFL LSG, Lone Star Glory. <laughs> there's only one – there's only room for one America's team uh, of football, and it's not the Cowboys. It's not Fort Worth. Uh, you know, it, it's it's Lone Star. <laughs> Look, I had you to know, take a uh, shot. I had to take a shot there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, with so many Texas teams right now, you guys have to definitely differentiate yourself. But you did take the most Texas thing about Texas, which is the state flag and everything it stands for. Yep. And if you ever visit Texas and live in Texas, that is the epiphany of Texas. You own a house in Texas. You got stuff about Texas, even though you're in Texas. And Texas really loves Texas as much yeah. to have Texas everywhere you go. Yeah. So you got to dissect that. Yeah, like anybody thing. could have a bull. Anybody could have a bull as their mascot. You know, yeah. people in Spain have bulls. You know, it's no big deal. A bull is no big deal. <laughs> well, in Texas, don't say that because you could probably get killed for that since everybody carries a pistol. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, there's bulls everywhere. <laughs> uh, but no, like I said, it, I just think, again, overall, um, what ends up happening this season, I'm so excited about it. You know, we're just a week away. And um, it's really exciting to see. I, I, I do want to ask you two more questions before we end up yeah. uh, 
closing this out but what have you so we talked about like again your experience how it's been you know the whole chicago thing and everything else um but through everything you've been through what have you learned while being in this league so what is one thing that you could really share that's like man i learned this through all the challenges and changes and the adapting that i had to do to get to this certain point in time what have you learned through all this man what have i learned you know there what I've learned is that even though we're a community of just people from all over, all over the world, actually, because even there's people over in Europe that are, that are involved in the league, there is, there's a place for you here. And what I've learned is that even in the, and it's even more evident now with like the whole COVID-19 thing and, and, you know, and lockdowns and this and that, where you could, really have a camaraderie and you could build friendships here where I, I really didn't, when I first started the league in the league, I didn't think this far into it. Uh, like even now it's really weird. I'm even like, I don't know if I said it earlier or not, but I'm even talking to my wife about people in my locker room. Like I've known them for, you know, I've been in the LSU locker room, I think what, for a month and a half, two months. But I talk yeah. about them in a way where, like, like I almost talk about them, like, with friends that I've had for over 20 years in Florida. And one thing that I've learned is that, you know, you're, you're not alone here, you know, especially when you're looking for something that, you know, you're just, whether you're looking for friendship or you're looking for somebody just to, just to talk to, you know, this league has done something where... I had mentioned it on the Access Show. You know, I, I went through a rough patch uh, about a year and a half ago, and even last year, where, you know, the league has done so much that I didn't think this was what the league was going to do. So it has brought it has brought friendship, you know, and acquaintances and things that I, I never even thought. I never thought I was going to meet these guys in LSG and, you know, and be on a show, be on a podcast, be on a show, be on your show. You know, so I've learned that there's there's really good people out there that that like the game of football but besides that um love humanity you know and just are able to talk to people and even if it's just to say hey you know i'm here for you like you're talking about they're just like checking in you know i've started doing that too with a couple of you know with with some people just just checking in like hey how are you doing you know because everybody goes through through struggles you know, in life. And that's one thing that I've learned about the league that um, I don't even know if Cam thought about that that deep when he first started the league years ago. But, it, you know, now going into season 16, it's, it's um, you know, it's really cool to be able to have people that love a football game, that love esports, that can then flourish into a friendship when that isn't really what you that isn't really what I get into the league for. I just came into the league just to play the game coach and, you know, get my name called. And it's so much more than that that I really, you know, if anybody's looking for something to get into that there's some camaraderie that you're going to be finding friend you're going to automatically you're going to have a friendship it, it, you're going to walk out of here with at least one friend. I guarantee you walk out of here with at least one friend that you didn't think that you were going to have or you were going to even meet. So that's that's what I've learned from the league, you know, more on the human side of it, uh, 
which is not even, you know, probably what the league was intended for. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was the original intention, but definitely um, you come for the football, but you stay for the community. So I think that's a good way of putting yep. it. Um, yep. Now, I want to say, you know, again, thank you for being on the show. I do just like, you know, if you ever watch uh, Hot Ones, right? I roll out the red carpet for my guests. Uh, you know, <laughs> last thought is yours. There's a camera in front of you, side of you, whatever he says here, here, and here. Uh, but the floor is yours, Greg. You can uh, share your last thoughts uh, with everyone. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, again, this was this is awesome. Uh, it doesn't even seem like we've been talking for an hour. Uh, but <laughs> what I want to say, last thoughts, is uh, I love uh, my LSG brethren and and Ike. Uh, I, I love the I love the league. I, I love my team, and just uh, watch out, watch out uh, for Lone Star Glory, season sixteen. Uh, we're coming for you, Florida. We're gonna give you a nice welcoming uh, welcoming party when you come to Lone Star Week One. I'll tell you. Uh, I think again, um, just like anybody in this league, you I think you guys have as good of a chance as anybody. And it's going to be very exciting because I know Florida has a reputation of doing so well. Um, but you guys had a yep. phenomenal season, I feel, last season that it's going to be very exciting to see what you guys do. So best of luck. Um, I'll see you. And again, you are welcome to the show. If you need to hear from the horse's mouth, you did. Um, because you, you, you put yourself <laughs> on the ban list. You weren't on the ban list. Uh, but I had to reach out <laughs> when I heard that and said, let me, let me get Greg in here to show that it's all love. And uh, it's, and it's funny, it wasn't even my intent, but I really, you know, you never know what how people are going to take things. So, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, Dave, Dave, show, Dave shows a little crazy, can get a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> you know what? It, it matches the host. So, um, yeah. <laughs> again, Dave could be kind of kind of crazy, but he's always at the end of the day a really good dude. So, again, I appreciate you, Greg. You have a wonderful evening, and uh, thank you for stopping by this evening, man. I really do appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you too. Thanks. No problem. So again, thanks to Greg uh, for jumping on the show. Good luck LSG uh, against Florida. Cause they are definitely a very great team. Uh, just like every team in this league is. Um, and in true Portland fashion, I have to, again, now call the whistle, blow it for our fullback, right? Uh, John Truesman. John, how you doing, buddy? Good evening. How you feeling? Hey, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly fine, man. Nice and crystal All right. clear. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's good. Uh, I'm not doing too bad, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I know we've been trying to get this to to happen, right? We've 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 probably tried a couple times last season to get you on the show. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, that's true. You know, be able to have you on now, like again. It's awesome, you know. Um, I think, again, before we get started with everything, you know, I do want to share uh, one thing that I really do appreciate is how you were uh, uh, really stood up with your team, right? I think a lot of people were really surprised about the change, right, from halfback to fullback, which we'll discuss more of, right? But that change, but the type of attitude you took about it, and I don't know if you caught the Shad Allen interview, but Shad was saying how much he respected you even more for making that change. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people were like, hey, it's because of, you know, whatever they want to speculate. But it's honestly, we love who you are as a person. You are, you're, you're, you're 
Oregon down to your socks, right? Like you are a representation of Oregon. Yeah, from the college to the, the SFL to everything. Honestly, you are as much as the fleet as we as we are with you, right? So you are the organic, homegrown in 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 the in the state product that again we couldn't really be Portland without you. So um, I, I do want you to understand that and, and to have your team respect you so much because you put the team first uh, speaks volumes of who you are and speaks of volumes of why in season fifteen you were a captain because. You went ahead and made that decision that, honestly, I know it wasn't easy, right? Just just being transparent, right? It wasn't an easy decision. But when you understood what we were trying to do and say, hey, John, we really do want you here. Um, I think you started seeing that. And your team always, always talks about you um, in such a positive light because they're like, there goes John. There goes John doing something great. You know, again, they have your back as much as, as you, you them and Again, you in the locker room is, is always such a positive person. It's always a good morning or have a great week or have a great day type of scenario that, again, it's honestly awesome. And you, you really represent Oregon in that way because I imagine I always hear great things about Portland, Oregon itself and how nice and how very uh, accepting the people are of Oregon. So I think you're honestly a great representation. And before we got started, I thought that would be awesome to kind of share with you um, because again, oh, very uh, much. Oh. You are respected, bro. Uh, very much obliged, man. Very appreciate that. But yeah, the whole transition thing in general. I mean, at first I was skeptical on it. Not gonna lie, ain't throwing no shade. I'll throw some shade. I was skeptical at first, but I looked back onto season fifteen, how I performed as a power fullback, a uh, power halfback. Mm-hmm. Wasn't doing too great. I had a few good runs here and there but wasn't honestly improving so since we looked at my build together since i started out in the fury my very first season i actually fun fact joined two weeks i joined in two weeks later i got to be the fullback for the fury uh which i can't lie great great opportunity my whole original position was gonna be a defensive player Oh wow! I really wanted to join in, join in the league ASAP, so I chose that opportunity, and that yeah. was during the end of the bit era, <clears throat> which I remember. <laughs> but uh, we were looking at my build, and I was like, you know, you know what? I thought I thought it through a few times. I was like, it would be better for the team in general if I went back to fullback because my power is there for fullback, my blocking is yeah. there. Yeah. And then it would also benefit the team to get an actual good running back that actually has a build for a running back, not just like an FB build for fullback slash running back. And I, and I was talking yeah. about with Shad the other day because I told him what I'm excited about is you and I really blocking and, and giving Zeke an opportunity to really get those runs. And that's what you really see, you know, when we that we're together in that in that time where it's really you and I doing this together and creating holes and opportunities in the line for, for Zeke to get an opportunity. And it's awesome to do it with you, man. And again, once we understood, once we were all on the same page, I think the level of respect that you got from your teammates was like, man, John is honestly a team player. And if anybody understands that, I think by your actions or what you took and, and did and everything like that, your respect level with your teammates are even much higher because they're like, man, 
he's really about Portland, about the team. And that's what, what, what's a great value about yourself, that not just your positivity, but that kind of aspect as well as, as, as being that team type of player, which, you know, every team needs somebody who's saying, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get this organization where it needs to go. And for that, John, that's why, you know, you you are a huge piece to Portland as every other single player, and you guys are part of that brick by bit, brick and, and foundation piece. Now, you kind of shared a little bit about uh, the story of the SFL, but before we get that, you know, let's talk about, you know, who's John Trudeau. So talk about a little bit about yourself. And then I think one thing I always wanted to know, because I know it was drama with the Truesman last name, which I, I'm not sure exactly why um, <laughs> is drama with that name that you, you told me about. But first and foremost, let's share who is John. I mean, the real, the first part of my name is right, just the last name is wrong. My last name's Fowler. But I didn't quite understand if I wanted to put in my last name in general when I first started. So I just threw it a random name. I just came up with a random last name and just threw it in there. But yeah, my real name is John Fowler, man. I'm uh, 28. I have two boys. One's going to be three, the other one's going to be one. I have a beautiful wife, and I, honestly, I work at McDonald's, man. No lie, <laughs> I'm actually working to be a manager. So, hey, man, ain't nothing wrong with McDonald's, right? Like, uh, my dad actually was a truck driver for McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, my dad was a truck driver for McDonald's for uh, for Martin Brower for uh, 16 years. So, um, McDonald's, honestly, as a company, to me, was always part of my life, and I respected it because my father was a delivery driver for them for so long. Um, oh, for that sure. again, an opportunity is an opportunity. Trust me. Like, did I think I was going to be in Best Buy this long? No, but hey, it would allow me to get a lot of things in life. So if there's an opportunity, regardless right. of what it is, you just got to take advantage of it. And if, if you're able to be a manager at McDonald's, take it because if you can own your own franchise one day, then you'll be making more money than anybody would like to clown. So, uh, for sure. I mean, I was a roofer before this, but, uh, COVID hit, so it kind of yeah. switched things around for me. But it is what it is. I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, man, it, it's still it's still working. You're definitely lucky to still move from one job to another and still be able to provide with the family. So that's always good, dude. Uh, now, uh, so the Truesman is just a random name. I just want to clarify because <laughs> I, I remember you told me hating on Truesman, and I was like, are they hating on Truesman because they think. Like that's somebody else's last name, or are they hating on Truesman no, just that's because? Just random, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm glad to clear it up now. And I knew the Fowler was your I mean, real last name. I knew that part, but I, I always mean, thought like you choose yeah. something that like was an old player, and people are hating on it or what. But now it's really good <laughs> to know that that that, that what you kind of got to choosing that name. Now the SFL story. So you said you came in two weeks into the league and was able to be the fullback for um, the, the Los Angeles. Yeah. Now that happened in season, yeah. what, 13? 14. 14. I have so season, season 14. Yeah. So you and me came into the league maybe around the same time. I came in, but I had already passed that period and they needed a non, they had a non-contracted player position open in, in uh, New Orleans with the Pharaohs that I was able to take advantage of, which was uh linebacker. So, uh, walk me through. So you you get that opportunity. Was it like an a, a, uh, opening that you saw there? Was it like, hey, we're, we're looking yeah, for this type of 
player or yeah, I took over uh, someone's contract. Lucky enough, it was a good contract for a fullback style. Mm-hmm. So it was a, like an actual contract, not a non-contract. It was an actual contract. Yeah. So I took it, and it was a good opportunity to take it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Like, I helped Robert Redford. Man, he's a baller to this day. But I blocked for him. We were actually pretty good. Uh, Tom Rahman was actually, I remember him. The locker room was great over there. But when yep. it came to Portland, no, that's when uh, I love the Portland man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know you you own Portland swag. Like I said, you're you're the embodiment of Oregon. So like you, I've seen you in Ducks stuff. I've seen you in Portland stuff. And honestly, man, you you really do represent your state a lot. And um, then so you spent season fourteen, and then you went into free agency, and then you came to Portland. So. You know what attracted you at that time to to come to Portland? Uh, was it because of you know again I, I I associate Oregon with you so much that like it makes sense. But what attracted you to Portland Portland initially? I mean initially, uh, I really honestly wanted that Oregon team in the SFL. I've been waiting for one to open up for since I started because well it would be awesome to rock your own state inside a simulation or an actual yeah. simulation game esports game that actually is out there on TV and whatnot but i i talked to jacob for a while a long time before it was even official but we were just talking for a while and i was debating debating thinking trying to decide what to do and i finally made the decision yeah i started out with a rookie i mean <laughs> I ended choosing at first, came into the league as a rookie, a defensive end or a tackle was it not, left that before season 15 actually, left that so I could actually let a rookie partake in the league, because I've already learned, I was already in for a season, so why not let an actual rookie partake in it and take that spot, so I brought Chuseman back, and then that's when I changed him from the uh, full back to halfback because I want to say I just want to test how he was in a halfback, a power halfback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was hoping he would do good, but in the end, uh, we all know it, he was new at it, didn't have the right type of attributes for it. But I learned the hard way, which I enjoy. I learned things hard way for some odd reason, <laughs> but <laughs> I enjoyed it regardless. Nonetheless, I was still with the team, regardless how the games performed. We in general, performed well. We improved each and every game. Then during the end of last season, we actually got really, we started getting to in sync a little bit. Yeah, and that's the exciting part. And to see what, what the progression is with yourself going back into the fullback role to everybody that is now a part of the, the organization. I'm so excited to see what you guys end up doing. And it's going to be fun nonetheless. And um, really excited to see our first game against St. Louis because that's going to really show people what we are seeing now and, and the exciting things that we're bringing, you know, this season, this season 16. Now, before we continue on more, I do want to know a fun fact about you that nobody knows. So um, what's something that you can share that uh, is a fun fact about you that most people probably don't know? Oh, Lordy. This is always a tough one. Huh? Okay. Um, I mean, I got a lot of fun facts. Uh, I was a hardcore into rape scene before I actually had my kids. I was actually a really, really got drunk a lot. Went to raves, 
let's just say I did a lot of uh, ecstasy and all that, but I stopped all that and had a family. I quit cold turkey on drinking everything for like five years, six years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I take one drink of a beer, bro, not going to lie, I put it down. Don't want it no more. It just tastes awful. Yeah. I just don't know why. It just push it away. Maybe it's because I used to do it all the time. And that taste just isn't good anymore. I just don't know. Yeah, yeah it, but, it, it, yeah, it might be associating with something that isn't uh, that you're not about anymore. So when you have it, you're like, yeah, I'm not about this no more. Which is natural. Trust me, I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not drink, to be honest with you. Because um, it makes me feel crappy. But at the same time, too, I don't feel as if I am uh, the best person when I drink. So... You know, I, I'd rather stay away and say, hey, you know what, I'll I'll, I'll do something else in, in that meantime. I mean, I am the best. When I drink, let's just say I get a little crazy. I've uh, <laughs> I've gotten branded on my... Okay, another fun fact. I had a brand on my arm. Okay. Uh, it's called the Drinker's Mark. It's called the Drinker's Mark. So you know the old 40-ounce bottles, right? When mm-hmm. Before they went plastic, like 40-ounce yeah. old English. Mm-hmm. So you took the cap of that, burned it red, and it twisted on your skin until it bled, so it left a mark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did stuff like that. Let's just say it was fun. Then it got old after a while. <laughs> but like yeah, I said, you always, <laughs> you always grow out of things, you know, and it's okay, right? Like having that mark probably gives you a memory of what used to be, um, but it also gives you yeah. a nice of growth <laughs> in which you're able to do moving forward. So. Hey, you're nothing wrong with it, right? Like you, you live, you have certain things that help you remind yourself of where you're going. And I mean, again, you to to stop drinking, to stop ecstasy, and, and kind of just continue forward and working and providing for your family, dude. That's uh, that's more important than anything. Yeah, so. for sure, man. No, I agree. Uh, My family made yeah. me. Yeah, go on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good, dude. I just again try always like you do for us. Always try to see the positive. Even in, in a negative uh, situation, you would oh, yeah. see the positive. And uh, there was a uh, saying that I said I was going to take from a, a person that was uh, always, you know, always look at the at the positives, right? So I got this from Josh Farzi, so shout out to him. But always look at the cup uh, half full and always know that what it's half full with, you're going to love. So um, hopefully I said it right, Josh, if I did. Uh, go ahead and, and shout me out if I didn't correct me and I'll correct myself afterwards. <laughs> it's always a good way of kind of looking at it. But um, going back sure. to kind of Portland itself, so what what did you enjoy most about being with the fleet? The team, man. The team really brings it together, in all honesty. Even the front office, we're all a team. One way or yeah. another, we do, we do help bring the team into a better route or on track or whatever you want to call it each and every one of us plays an important part no matter if you're just a rookie no matter if you're just front office or a captain like each and every one of us play a part going from talking to playing the game or just you know having fun yeah and I think that's what I, I, I enjoy too is sharing time with you guys it's a lot of fun spending time and watching something that we all love together I mean, uh, I think February 6th will be my full year within the SFL. Oh, man. Uh, it's gone by. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good anniversary, right? Like, uh, 
it, to think about it, right? It's it's one full year and what we see as a year, but it's like three whole seasons in the league. So it's so crazy how <laughs> everything kind of works out. So it's like again, you're you're a vet, and 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 again in the year span standpoint, but you're a vet as well because of the three seasons that you've already spent in the league, which is pretty awesome. Now talking about captain though, how did you feel about your uh, teammates naming you captain last season? I mean, regardless of how I played, I, I thought it was awesome. I felt like I really had some big impact on the team then. And I still do, but uh, yep. that just really, it just meant a lot, in my opinion. It just, yeah, I didn't know what else to say. It just meant a lot. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's always a representation of what you uh, show on and off the field, right? And even though on the field it wasn't going the way that you wanted to because of how you worked in the locker room, how you were off the field, people really supported that and said, man, you honestly are a positive person. And uh, you sometimes need that in a very negative, you know, world that we sometimes live in. So, uh, you know, again, I appreciate that, you know, again, what really got you to be here, you know, what, you know, you enjoy most about it. I mean, you know, you being named uh, captain and whatnot, like it was awesome to see your growth too. And, uh, and being here with us and, and, and honestly being called by your teammates, which, again, I know they respect you more uh, every time because of what you've been able to uh, accept with us and be with us. And so excited to have you out there with us because I always called you guys that double-headed dragon. Sorry, my kid's again. Um, All right. Uh, it's, yeah, it's gonna be a crazy season. Let's just say that. Let's just hope the other teams are ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I believe in Portland. I think me, honestly, my prediction of the season is gonna be Arizona and Portland in the championship. That's my thing, thinking. But I don't know if that's even if they're in the same North Division, North South, whatever. Uh, if that's even possible. But that's my prediction, man. Yeah, I don't think they're really doing anything in the sense of like, hey, it's going to be like uh, like a NFC, AFC type of situation. I think it's going to be more of like, hey, one out of the division, then each best out of the divisions, not including the wild cards, will be represented. And then in the wild cards, you'll have other teams competing as well. So it will be very exciting to see how everything pans out. And it gives a lot more opportunities and competitions amongst divisions as well as amongst the league and then amongst everything else with trying to get to the championship so it should be exciting what are you most excited about this upcoming season in season 16 i mean i'm most excited about see how every team is going to do with all the new additions with all the playbooks they submit with everything even the new teams coming in i want to know how they're going to do and especially us even if my prediction isn't right i still think portland's going to do really well yeah. But uh, it's going to be a very interesting season, I think, with everything, how it's going to place with the conferences, and you got the Lycans and Ma- the, what is it, the Mavericks? Am yep. I saying it right? Yep, you are. You got them, and then we got Van in our division. I forgot who else, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who takes what division. Yeah, it is. And it's see gonna how be fun everything and... really plays out. Yeah, and it's going to, you know, I say we take it game by game to see, you know, how we do, right? Because, again, I don't want to fall into the pits of being like a Washington football fan and looking at your schedule and saying, oh, this is going to be an easy game. This is going to be that. Because, again, 
and any given day that SFL plays, it doesn't matter who's on the field, something amazing could possibly happen that could change the outcome of the game. Oh, yeah. It almost happened last season with us with Denver, um, and it happened twice hmm. against Charleston and Houston, which are great organizations that we were able to get our two wins on. So, again, it's going to be awesome, and you can it's every any given SFL day that there's a game, an outcome may be different than what people think. So, it is going to be pretty exciting to see uh, everything to come together and everybody's playbooks come. Together. Um, what what uh, goals do you have for yourself uh, for this season as well as for your career here in Portland? I mean, I'm just I'm here to have fun and elevate the team. And uh, my goals, then I don't even have any goals except for help my running back run properly, block for him. The pancake people. I mean, I don't know what else to really say. I just, I just think we're gonna have a great season. Oh, Lordy. I just think we're gonna have a great season. And uh, for myself, I just like seeing me out there. I like seeing. Sometimes I get called on. I like seeing that. But I really don't have no goals for myself. I just, other than helping my running back, that's about it. I mean, again, you, you're helping not just your running back, but your whole team. And uh, it's awesome, you know, to, to, you know, again, you may not have the goal, but I know your goal at the end of the day is to do whatever is best for the team. And that's something that's yep. selfless and that speaks volumes of what you're trying to accomplish. So, yeah, I think, again, getting you that opportunity to have a championship or a ring on your finger, it'd be awesome. So, and it, it's cool, you know, saying, like, to be able to give you that opportunity and come together as a team that I know we have an amazing team, an amazing locker room, and we just got to continue pu- uh, pushing forward and progressing this season. Now, um, what was your best uh, memory of last season? Oh, the team in general, and then that Houston win. Yeah. <laughs> that Houston win, man. That was, a, that was an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun game, and as, what sucked is that I didn't get to be in that time in that locker room because I was at work at that time. But then when I was able to see it back and catch some some of those moments, it was it was pretty awesome to see that and 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 get our first win together and share that with the whole team. I think that was pretty awesome. Now for the fans, right, and your teammates, what are some what's the message that you have for the fans of the Portland Fleet as well as your teammates for this upcoming season? I mean, I just stay happy and positive and stay blessed. But honestly, uh, regardless of how the outcome of each game goes, just stay blessed, man. Like, it's going to be – it is what it is sometimes. You can't really change the facts. But uh, no matter what outcome there is, even in life, even in general – Stay happy and positive because if you're in negativity in that time, it'll just bring it down to what it really, like what it isn't or shouldn't be. Or, yeah, yeah, basically. And uh, for next season, I want even the fans, other teams, and our team, just do your best, man, on and off the field. Uh, Treat people fairly, I guess. Uh, Be there for them, like during, especially during this crazy time, man. These are some yeah. dark times. Like, even I feel like even there's gonna be more dark times ahead of us. But just yeah, be there for one another. Yeah, <laughs> there's, 
Yeah, challenges, you know, but when you have a support system through challenges and they just make those challenges a little bit less, um, you know, I don't want to even say just impactful, but they just make it a little bit more bearable, especially in these days and times. Just you and I have both been affected in different ways with, with, with 2020 and COVID and everything else. But again, we're still trying to persevere oh. and, and still be positive. So I always do appreciate that. And you honestly do breathe that and live that, which I think a lot of folks don't know about you is that you honestly are uh, positive and, and, and have that light. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I mean, what, don't what get you, me wrong. I do have my days. Oh, sorry. Oh, of course. Of course. Everybody has their days, right? We completely understand. But for the most part, that's how you see it. So uh, what what advice would you give our rookies and, free and people out there uh, going through that? What advice do you have for those for those folks? Uh, and for the rookies and free agents, I mean, do the best you can and stay talking, active, uh, keep in contact with people is the best way to do it. That's how I did it too, honestly. But uh, trust the process. Just yeah. If you trust the process in the long run, it will benefit you, regardless uh-huh. of how the outcome is during the time. No, it yeah, will you're benefit right. you, regardless. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, dude. You're definitely right. And you got to trust that process at the end of the day because if not, um, it becomes very difficult, especially how um, if you have those tough games or tough situations, you're able to persevere through it. Now, before I let you go, John, right, because I know we had our, our, set, our third guest tonight with the kids and everything else, but, you know, again, I know how much you care for your son, so I do want to give you that contact with you and your wife and everything. But what's your last thoughts you want to share uh, before we let you go? The floor is yours. Camera, camera, camera. Go ahead and share your last thoughts with uh, everybody. I mean, my last thoughts in general, let's just say I love the league, man. Everyone in it. Regardless if I know them or not, you guys really, you are are what make a difference in the league. Going from the staff all the way down to the fans or down to the water boys or towel boys. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Everyone makes an impact in their own way or another. Okay. And just keep at it. You're all beautiful souls. <laughs> Definitely. With that being said, John, I appreciate you jumping on tonight. I'm glad we were able to make this possible. And again, you have a wonderful night, dude, okay? Thank you again, and you did a great job, man. Trust me and believe. I'll talk to you a little later, alright? For sure, Ross. Have a good night, you guys. Alright, take care. So, again, shout-out to my man, John Truesman. You know, I really wanted to get him on here tonight because uh, that dude has done uh, great things with us, and he deserves a lot of respect. And, and I love to share this story because I think for the folks that don't know that transition, they understand what it is now, and it shows you why John captain for that reason because he was able to share that. Now, look, I appreciate all my guests that came on tonight. Uh, final thoughts, St. Louis for coming. Uh, be ready, right? All respect is given, but we're coming with, with the best game plan that we have and, and making sure that we bring it to you, and I hope you're ready as much as we're ready for you. Um, uh, Gary Bernie, I know he wasn't on tonight as he was supposed to be, but, hey, he had something come up. We're going to reschedule Gary Bernie, the beast, and you'll hear from him hopefully next Friday. Uh, again, guys, we'll have a show next Friday. Listen out for the SFL Audible uh, with KT, Ben, and Bernard, myself. Uh, and we will continue on. Look, have a blessed weekend. You guys take care, and I will catch you guys next time. And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say,
send this to all my fleet members because as you know, every time on game time, your head coach, Mel Davis, drops this song, and this is what we're closing out. Have a wonderful evening, SFL Nation. I'll holler at you. Peace.